0: it has the sign now from Gomes coming set. Looks like they want to go in. Here's the kick now. The pitch. Fastball is hit in the air to left center field. Robles going for it. He's under and waiting. And he makes the catch. He makes the catch. Bang. Zoom done. Hi there, and welcome to The Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. So, uh, in global politics news... <laughs> uh, how about the Nationals? Yeah, I think that qualifies as global politics news. It, it's a unifier, okay? Yeah. In, in this day and age, where politics are so divided, there's only one common ground. Washington Nationals. No, I think the one common ground is hating those stories about how the Nationals are the one common ground. Yes, I agree. There we go. It's the only ground. thing that can unite us in uh-huh. these trying times. But you know what they did, those Washington Nationals? They won what? the goddamn pennant. They won I mean this is a real achievement. This isn't just a relative achievement. This isn't no, the kind this of thing. This is that you hang a, you hang a flag for like actually hang a flag for. I can't believe it. Uh, so I was at Game Three. Johnny was at Game Four. Yeah, uh, I have a tumultuous adventure getting. I mean, it wasn't tumultuous. The ride back was tumultuous. Getting there was fine. Full of uh, Yeah, it was, but it was so worth it. I mean, I'm on recording this at twelve twenty at night. I worked. 13 hours today, I take a 6.30 a.m. bus down, I'm exhausted, I'm on 3 hours of sleep, but I I couldn't be happier. It was... I mean, the atmosphere last night at the game wasn't as good as I anticipated. I think, you know, scoring <laughs> Are you seven... fan-shaming run- here? No, I'm not fan-shaming. What I'm saying is, I think scoring seven runs in the first inning kind of, you know, for better or worse, kind of took a lot of atmosphere out of the game, because... It kind of felt expected. And then when it started to get nervous again, it right. kind of got, ever, there was a nervous energy when the, when they scored. And so by the time the eighth inning and ninth inning, after the, the ground out to Carpenter, that's when the crowd got back into it. And that ninth inning was electric again. Yeah. Um, so it was, I mean, I've been to a lot of games in my life. I've been to a lot of great games. I was at Scherzer's 20 strikeout game. I was at Zerman's no-hitter. I was at Worth's. Uh, walk off in the playoffs, and I don't think there's been a bigger game in Nationals history to this point. Because I'm going to say to this point than last night, it oh, was. Y- it was you know just franchise altering. It's it's you know again this is a real goddamn achievement. See, I you know I don't I don't see yesterday or. I guess at this point, two days ago's game, as being on its own one of the best games in that's history. No, it, there was, I mean, if anything, game three was a better game. I, I just mean that in the sense that this was a series long achievement. This felt like a series long coronation. It was a, a absolute domination of another team of the kind that you never see. the The Cardinals hit. In this series, they slashed 130, 195, 179. They slugged 179. They hit one home run in the series. They had 16 hits. I mean, it was... Ugh, I have man. I have never seen pitching if it weren't, that dominant. If it weren't for two outfield misplays, they'd only have scored in one game. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, at, at one point, it looked like the... Cardinals would only score if the Nats decided to let them. <laughs> just toy with them. I mean, it's just every Goldschmidt looked terrible this series. Ozuna looked – I mean, he had that one good game offensively. But, you know, defensively he looked awful last night. Offensively he looked terrible. I mean, I think this is going to really affect his free agent stock personally. I mean, you know, it's hard to judge one guy off a playoff series, but it got, you know – he looked really, really. I mean, he didn't have a great season. Bad two forty three on the year, and the way he played in the playoffs in this series, you know, you gotta say, uh oh, with that guy. I mean, look the play last night in left field on the Turner single. He just gave up on it like half. He decided, you know, before that, the you could probably make that play. And at the very least, you should be diving for it. Exactly, and he just said, eh, seven runs is, yeah, you know, we can come back. I mean, he's almost right. I was, Almost. But, uh, I mean, Ozuna, before his shoulder problems, was an above-average bat with well above-average power, and he was a premium defender. He was a gold glover. Uh, He's not that anymore. He's maybe still the best outfielder on the market, but it is a very down year for outfielders coming onto the market. And yeah. I I mean, I don't see him getting anything more in this environment, which frankly... In this economy? What's that? In, in this, this economy, economy? Right. Yeah. Uh, in this economy. Unironically, in this economy, I don't see him yeah. doing better than a one-year show-me deal. No. But... I mean, the Cardinals were not a good offensive team. No, they were the 10th ranked offense in, in the National League coming in. I mean, that wasn't their strength. Their strength was their bullpen, and I guess they're starting pitching. I don't really know. They weren't a very good team,
1: the, That's honest. right.
0: I mean, they were not that good a team. And you looked at this matchup on paper, and you said, the Nats are clearly better than this. I mean, the only concern that you had was in the bullpen, where the Cardinals were vastly better than the Nats. Yeah, Uh, And the Nats, you know, they only scored, what, uh, I guess they scored four times off the bullpen, the Cardinals' bullpen, they scored one run in game one, Uh, they scored three in game three. And they didn't score yesterday off of it. Actually, they scored four in game three, so that's five. They Uh, scored five runs in four games, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, I mean, but the the number of innings that the Cardinals' bullpen had to pitch. That's you know, true, Card- especially last eight night. Eight and a third in, or seven and a third uh, in game four, and four in game three. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, the, the bullpen was fine. The starting pitching for the Cardinals in games one and two was very good. I mean, Adam Wainwright Wiener- yeah. making what could be the final start of his career was phenomenal. Seven and a third. Yeah. 11 strikeouts, uh, Yeah, only you know, one run before the Nats got to him late. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's just that offense, man. That offense was... I mean, credit where credit's due, the Nationals pitching their starting rotation was fantastic. I mean... Fantastic doesn't even begin to put it into justice. I mean... no, The Nats had two consecutive one-hit outings from starting pitchers. They had Anibal Sanchez go seven and two thirds before he gave up a hit they had max scherzer go six essentially without his good stuff for the first four of those innings Mm -hmm. before he gave up a hit yeah and then in in game three and four the i mean the lesser of the two starts uh each of their starters struck out 12 i mean corbin Set a record with strikeouts in four innings of postseason. Ten strikeouts is the most in four innings ever in a postseason game. He he clearly ran out of gas in the fifth, and you you got to imagine that the fact that he's been pulling double duty as a starter and a reliever had some sort of impact on that. Which you know, to bring us to another topic, you know, the Nationals swept, which is great. Now they have a week off, and for most of the teams, I would be. A little, you know. One thing we said earlier in the playoffs is it might be to the Nats' advantage that they don't have any time off. You know, they went from wild card game to five game series to NLCS immediately. They had at most one day off in between each each series. But now I think you know this t- week off is very important for the Nats. I think you know we've taxed our starting pitching a lot in the past two weeks, uh, and this kind of break will be really good to kind of get these guys back and use them to their full potential. And I think, you know, our offense, you know, yesterday looked really good for one inning, you know, really flattened out afterwards. And then game three looked good. But our offense wasn't the thing that's been carrying this team. It's been our starting pitching. And right. the fact that you can get a starting pitching to really fully rest when we don't know how many games the ALCS is gonna go. I I would predict six. Um, if I was a betting command, I'd say the Yankees win one more, but the Astros ultimately win the series. Um, but I, uh, it's it definitely does, I think, for this team, put you in a good spot. Yeah, and the Nets have in this postseason they have a 7.30 OPS, which is not great. Uh, no. I mean, you got to take into account the juiced ball and the fact that they've faced two excellent rotations, mm-hmm. but. Uh, They have that. It's not going to get any easier anyway. Well, Uh, maybe face the Yankees. Maybe facing the Yankees. But if they're facing the Astros, it's not going to get any easier. No. And so, yeah, it's not like our offense is red hot coming into the series. series. And so that's not something I'd necessarily worry about is our offense getting cold. And what I like is that our our pitching can get some rest. And, you know, Corbin, who looked like he ran out of gas, probably because he did run out of gas – I think will benefit greatly from this time off. You know, Strasburg pitched 117 pitches in his last outing the most in his career. Um, you know, Scherzer had a dead arm. So 117 17 pitches was not the most in Strasburg's career. He's Maybe it was 100... just on the season. He's thrown 120. Okay. Then it was on the season. Um, yes, this year, but you know, you had these guys, you're taxing, you know, Scherzer set out a dead arm two starts ago, you know, these guys are taxed, and I think this week off will really benefit them. Oh, I I agree. I mean, you look at... The, the big concern with Strasburg isn't the number of pitches he threw in that game. The big concern with Strasburg, you know, as a guy who has an injury-laden reputation, he's now thrown 231 innings on the year. Uh, the last 22 of which have been very high stress. Mm-hmm. I think the... The week off being able to skip a turn in the rotation, essentially, because Mm -hmm. of the week off, will do him some real good. Yeah. Uh, With Corbin, I think the most important thing is just getting him back on schedule, allowing him to sort of get out of that, am I going to start, am I going to relieve mindset and have him throw a bullpen, throw a sim game, and stay fresh and stay uh, lengthened out for a start. And then with Scherzer, Scherzer is still not – he's pitching amazingly, but he's still – he's clearly – I don't know if he's 100% healthy. He's still nursing yeah. that back injury. I mean, you, you haven't seen any signs that he's hurt, but, uh, I mean, he's I – mean, I don't think he's – he's not 100% Scherzer, but he's 90% Scherzer. No, no, no. He's good. hes 100% Scherzer. You don't strike out 11 in a postseason that's game. That's true without being 100% Scherzer. It's, it's not that he's not 100% of himself. It's just that you know he's dealing with aches and pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, it's, yes. It's, it's good that they have this week off. It, mm-hmm. it, for a team that's so reliant on their starting rotation, I mean, you look at the teams that have really been iced out, have been really hot, and then been iced out by a... Uh, it's a long break. I mean, the thing that team that comes to mind is the 07 Rockies. Right. And that team was all streak. And that team was all red hot, playing with momentum. I mean, they played a game 163, so they didn't have that break. Then they went, I mean, they were winning 16 of 18 going into the playoffs. Then won that 163. No, 21 of 22, John. 21 of 22, I'm sorry. Um, Going into the playoffs. Then won seven in a row in the playoffs. And then they had the break and they got swept because they were the team that they actually were. And their their Um, rotation was Jeff Francis, Aaron Cook, Josh Fogg. So exactly. not exactly a, a murderer's row there. Exactly. So this, I mean, this Nats team is is I mean, they're a good team on paper, unlike that Rockies team was. Um, so yeah. this know. isn't you know they, they feel like a a miracle team, like a team of destiny, but <laughs> they're incredibly talented. Oh yeah, this is a this is a really good team. You have possible MVP candidate. You have won the next. Best young players in the league. You have, you know, three top five Cy Young candidates, possibly. Um, Three top six, I'd say. Uh, You have a closer who has a 1 4 something ERA in the second half. Uh, This is a team with a lot of talent. You know, it's not this, you know, team put together by tape and glue. I mean, it is kind of to fix the patches, but this is a talented team. And They're finally playing like they should have. I mean, they played this way for, you know, now 120 games. I mean, listen, did they need chicanery and a book of tricks to beat the Dodgers in a five-game series? Yes. They were clearly, over the course of a long season, even ignoring record, on talent alone, they were not as good a team as the Los Angeles Dodgers. However, over the course of a five-game series, on paper... I don't, I don't think they were anything more than slight underdogs in mm-hmm. that series. Because obviously in, in a short series, the national strengths uh, were heightened. The fact that they had this starting rotation, the fact that they could paper over their bullpen woes by throwing their starters in relief, that made it so that a short series was to their advantage. So on paper yeah. in a five-game series... They were only slightly worse than an 106-win juggernaut. Uh, and, and I've, said this, I've said this a couple times already, but with a mediocre bullpen, which the Nationals, you know, who knows what they have now. I'd say it's still below mediocre. But this is a 101-3 team talent. I mean, I think the bullpen cost them 10 games. Um, so, you know, this is, yeah, exactly, as you said. They were slightly below an 106-win team. Yeah, I mean, when when you can eliminate the weakness of this team and keep it so that only two relievers pitch in any sort of high leverage situations, there are right an 100 and some odd win team. Worse than worse than the Dodgers, but still extremely talented. Exactly. Now, I will say one more thing. I want to say about the Cardinals series, and something that could be a very positive sign for this team for the next series, and a very important sign. Is the possible emergence of Tanner Rainey? Um, now Rainey only pitched two games. He pitched Game Three and pitched Game Four, but in both of those outings he looked fantastic. I mean, locating that fastball, that slider too. Um, now you don't know how much of that was the Cardinals being bad, but he looked really promising in those two outings. Um, and again, small sample size as well, but if you can have a guy like Tanner Rainey come in, uh, especially like a team like the Yankees who who tend to you know when they're right. I don't know if they'll be right, and you know if they're not right, they're not being the Astros. But when they're right, they wear out starting pitching. They take a lot of foul balls. They really work counts. Um, having a third bullpen guy emerge right. would be huge because then you have another guy you can rely on, and if your starter can only go six, so you know that's a really positive sign for the Nats going forward. Rainey's always shown good signs. I mean, he had that stretch this year in May and June where he was lights out for the team. Um, And then probably a little bit of overwork and a little bit of natural regression for him set him back down and ended up ending the season with a seven walk per nine, seven. Yeah. Um, But he, he has the stuff to be a lights out pitcher. His stuff will play against any opponent. It's not a question of stuff. It's a question of staying in the zone. And I will be the Mm -hmm. first one to admit that I did not think that Tanner Rainey the guy with the 7.2 walk per nine rate, the guy who melted down in high-pressure situations several times over the course of this season, I did not think that he would have the ability to throw strikes in a playoff game. But he's proven me wrong. He's done it now. So, I mean, I, he would be my third option right now if I needed one. Yeah. And you probably will. I mean, I guess either of these offenses, because they're both very good offenses. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot, sort of, uh, prospectively, talking about the the next series. But I feel like we should talk at least a little bit, you know, in case we don't get another chance, in case we don't get another celebration, what that NLCS win means. Uh, Just... Just in general, just to the fans, to the franchise. I'm mean, Being in the World Series is an amazing achievement. It's something that you know, the Seattle Mariners have never done. Uh-huh. Something that, you know, I, I hate to say that this franchise had never done because I hate using the idea of this franchise. This city hadn't done it since 1933. This franchise had never done it. Uh, just... You know, it's not every day that you get to see a World Series or not every year that you get to see a World Series not every in your you know, not every I, decade I mean, not every two decades I mean right if you're not a fan of the Yankees or the Cardinals or the Dodgers the Red this Sox. is not or, or the Red Sox now yeah. this is not a an experience to take for granted, even if they lose even if they get swept in four. This is something that a lot of baseball fans will go decades without getting to experience. Uh, and I think that we should you know, take that into consideration. This has been an amazing, unlikely, unexpected season. And yeah. we, we keep saying that this team on talent deserves to be where they are, and they do. This is not a fluke, but... I don't think any of us expected it. No. I, this I mean, team I, was... I, I'll say this again. I've said this many times on air. And I'm going to say it again because I firmly believe it. At 19 and 31, I feel I was correct to de- to count out this team. Yeah, I feel, you know, I would be irrational had I thought this team would be where they are now. You know, I have friends. I, I made this joke text in a group chat with my friends saying, like, go to – I'm a Twins fan now. And now all my friends are calling me out for it. <laughs> but – I changed my my Twitter handle to Jacob Rash Twins fan. Exactly. Um, But, you know, this is highly unprecedented. You know, a team this poor had only done, you know... It's not not unprecedented. It's been done once before by a very similar team. Almost frighteningly similar. The 2005 Astros are very similar in in makeup to the Nats. They were an incredibly Mm -hmm. old team... Fueled by old starting pitching, including a Hall of Famer. I mean, in their in their situation, it was Clemens who was well much older than Scherzer, but still uh, still as effective. Mm. And headed. I wonder why. What's that? Oh yeah. I wonder. I wonder what made him effective. Well, uh, these magic pills that he was taking that Brian McNamee assured him were not steroids. hmm. Uh, but regardless. Oh hey. Andy Pettit, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't think Max Scherzer needs... It's not that Max Scherzer doesn't need steroids, but he definitely doesn't need... If we're talking about greenies, I don't think yeah. Max Scherzer needs to be any more amped <laughs> for any starts. Uh, med- med- but yeah. it, it, it's it's a, f- a very similar theme. They also had a star first baseman, a face of the franchise first baseman, who was injured and in winding it down. I mean, theirs was obviously better. Theirs was Jeff Bagwell. Ours is... Ryan Zimmerman. Bagwell, yeah. Oh, Bagwell kind of barely contributed at all in the 05 playoffs, but yeah. he was around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a startlingly similar team. Uh, sort of a, a veteran they were much, team. They were, they were much older. They were much older, sort of. They were older and they were sort of far more so on their last legs. As a, as a dynasty. But they're very similar in the sense that they had multiple years with these incredible teams that seemed to always lose in the division series. They lost three consecutive division series to the Braves. To the Braves. In the, the O no, four oh, no, sure 4 NLCS, they lost to the Cardinals. Yes. Uh, and, and it was sort of a... You looked at this team and you thought, okay, this is it. They're past their prime. This is not the best team that they've ever had. They wasted their chance, and then they sort of came out of nowhere. Down, you know, they were fifteen and thirty, and then eighteen and thirty-two. The Nets were nineteen and thirty-one after fifty. Uh, so, if I had to make a comparison on paper, the Nets are somewhat similar to the '05 Astros. But yeah, the uh, the point of this is. I, I guess just that we shouldn't take this for granted at all. Uh, and, I, I mean, appreciate that, yes, this team could win the World Series. They're not going to be favored against either the Astros or the Yankees. No. But that doesn't mean that they can't win the series. They have enough talent to beat either team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... I'm, I want to say one more thing, too. Um, sure. About what this also means. Because, you know, this team this franchise you know is in a very it's just a unique in a unique place in terms of you know how you know this they've had so much history already in their 14 15 years in being a dc um you know they've had a lot of you know down seasons they had you know as we all know 08 09 0, you know pretty much any time before 2012 I'd say 2011 was a fine year, um, but and then they had a lot of misery with, play, you know, when they were successful too, and so there was a lot of heartache around this team. But what it built was a really strong sense of community among its fan base. Um, you know, people on Twitter, you say Will Nieves, and you have seven comments <laughs> from people saying who on a on a Masson ad from 2010. I mean, you have this really strong. Sense of togetherness because everyone is has experienced these things together. There's no missed, you know. That's... A lot of these fans have been fans, you know, since oh5 or at least a good chunk of them. And because it was easy to, it was easy just to become a Nats fan because they were here now. And if you were from DC, it's a lot easier to be, be a Nats fan than in DC than it was to keep being a Yankees fan or a Sox fan or wherever you're from because you know it's close. And so everyone kind of got to has the same similar experiences. Everyone can easily kind of remember, you know, the Alberto Gonzalez's, the D'Angelo Jimenez's, the, you know, the Jesus Columna's, because those weren't that long ago, but they're still, you know, you know, no matter how long you've been, how young or old you are, you kind of experience these. I'm 22. I've experienced, you know, the randomness of this team, all the randomness of this team, and so has, you know, a six year old fan or you know. So it's this shared experiences that kind of because there's there was no team before two thousand five, everything is kind of the shared experience throughout this franchise. Yeah. And so I think this is a really unique team because of that. And they're unique you know, we still have an original player from the first year and he's the player and he's still contributing. And he's been the constant throughout all these years, and it's just you know remarkable to have that kind of community that I don't think any other team and has. That kind of continuity, you know, like you were saying. I mean, there's exactly there's no other team that's been this good. I mean, listen, and the Diamondbacks and the Marlins, to some extent, have a similar situation. Uh, I think it's maybe mm-hmm. a little different. Because, at least for us, because with the Marlins coming around in 93 and the Diamondbacks in 98 uh, and and the Rays and Rockies, too, uh, we should throw them in. Uh, you know, we are of that generation where we were too young to remember the entire history of the Rockies, uh, of the other expansion franchises. But we were sort of at that perfect age to be around for the entirety of the Nats. Mm-hmm. But well i also want to say like go on uh, i was just going to say that you know we have had maybe i mean the marlins have their two world series but they don't have that sense of community each of those ga- each of those seasons was sort of a one off uh, yeah. after 97 they went 54 and 108 after 03 they immediately tanked and they've basically not had uh, any sort of Community, they don't draw. I mean, their ballpark's completely empty all the time. The Rockies haven't won an NL West in their entire history. The Marlins have won an NL East. That's right. The Diamondbacks have one title, but no real sustained track record of success. Uh, The Rays don't draw because their stadium is in the wrong side of town in a dump. Uh, The Nats have this sort of and you're right it's unique because they have this by nature of being you know a quasi expansion franchise they have this history that spans a short amount of time that everyone's gotten to experience and i think that is it's really special and i think it it makes moments like this unique because everyone who's really committed to this team has the same shared frame of reference Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, the fact that, as I was saying before, you know, the Marlins won almost immediately after being an expansion franchise. I mean, it took them four years. The Diamondbacks won almost immediately. You know, the Rockies never, I mean, they had their success in '07, the Rays in '08. But, you know, we had a lot of big failures. You know, we had this big stigma against this team. And it's making this whole thing a lot sweeter. I think that it's kind of we're finally over the stigma as well as this new team. It's 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 kind of this two prong thing where it's not just that we're this new team and and we're this kind of this um, like out of like community like that, but it's also the fact that we've had so much you know. Bad memories. There's so many bad memories that we can kind of move forward from now. Uh, that I think is really special as well with this with this run. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it would have been like in 2012 had they, had they won Game Five. The had they made the World Series in 12? Yeah. I think I imagine it'd be similar to kind of. I mean, I don't. You don't know how long the sustained success is because if you push like that's happening if you push Strasburg and. That's you're probably winning that series, you know. You can say, Oh, Ross Detwiler had the best series, you know, pitch game. You're probably winning that series with Steven Strasburg. I will say that. And who knows what happens in the NLCS. But Well you're winning you're you winning know, that series because Strasburg is pitching in it and not Geo in game five. Exactly. Um but you don't know how much longer Strasburg's career is. I mean, look at the other guys who've done that. Matt Harvey, um, Chris uh, Medlin. Chris Medlin. I was blanking on him. Because he's been out of baseball for a couple of years, yep. I mean they are they got out of baseball super quick because their team pushed them too hard, and yeah, the Mets won a world, made it to the World Series, but so have the Nats now, and a large, in large part due to Steven Strasburg. Yeah, and so, you know, and they've had a lot more sustained success because of Steven Strasburg being here, and the Mets were a one off. Would I? And would I trade? a title in 2012? Would I would I trade a World Series appearance in 2012 for the career that we've gotten out of Steven Strasburg where he's matured into the pitcher we all hoped he would be? No. I don't know about a title, no. though. I think that would be harder. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what happens this year. That's true. I mean, they might yeah. win the title this year. Again, this year doesn't happen if Strasburg... Is pitching in September in October and September in twenty twelve. I don't I think you can say that. that definitively, but I think it makes it a lot less likely. I think. I mean, I don't think Strasburg's here anymore if he if that happens. I think that was. I think it's an underrated feature or factor in his decision to sign that extension into. No, I agree, and I think that's why he might resign because his team's always had his best interests at heart. I don't think there's a chance he leaves. I think. That has been overblown by people who want to see a more active free agent market. I think he... I agree. He opts out, but they get something new done. gets another year. Yeah. He didn't have to stay the first time. He could have tested the market the first time. And when he signed in April, he was was coming off of multiple good months. He had been healthy through April uh, and May, and... You know, he was going to command a similar, if not greater, deal at the time he signed. So he sacrificed some money. He left some money on the table last time. And it wasn't just about risk mitigation. He wanted to be here. And he yeah. still does. There's no reason why he wouldn't. I mean, the man... He's happy now. Look at him smile. He's having fun. He's dancing. He's getting hugged. Reluctantly. It's it's terrific. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap this up with one more thing. Um, I think we could talk a little bit about, you know, who we might face in the World Series. We talked a little bit about this, but you know, looking forward, the series right now is two to one in favor of the Astros. Um, still a long ways to go in that series. Uh, tomorrow's matchup or later today's matchup? I guess whenever we'll, we'll post this tomorrow. So later today's matchup is uh, Tanaka versus Granky. And that went well for the Yankees the last time out. Um, So it's one of those two teams is who the Nats faced in the World Series, which is pretty awesome. Um, You know, obviously on paper, the Nats match up a lot better against the Yankees because the Astros... So the Yankees have a worse rotation than the Nationals. They have a great bullpen, but... You know, not every one of those guys is performing, and then the Yankees lineup also has been kind of underperforming. Well, it's not, it's not just been bad that. The playoffs. Uh, well, yes, uh, and I'll let you get back to the lineup. But the, yeah. the thing about the bullpen is, with a bullpenning team, the, the, the Yankees are now going to have to play at least three, possibly four games in a row if they want to win this series. Mm-hmm. And you've got to imagine, and then they'll have one day off or two, before the World Series and and if they're gonna keep going and using their bullpen as aggressively as they have been, you gotta imagine that those guys are gonna wear down. Yep. And I think, you know, this is so the reason why originally the outside of the playoffs I said that the Yankees were my team to to choke it away and not succeed to their potential is because of bullpenning. And I thought, you know, Boone always was gonna have a short leash and overuse his bullpen. And it's looking like that's gonna happen I mean, look at Game One. Yeah. You had Tanaka at what was sixty-eight he, pitches, pitches through, sixty-eight pitches through six, and a five-nothing lead, and the five-for-nothing lead, and they pulled him. It's unexcusable. I mean, it really is. I think he was cruising. There was no sign of him letting up, and you pull him because some reason. And not only that, but the next if game, he did start to the next game, if he did start the struggle, you had so much time. That you had a five nothing exactly. lead, you could have gotten someone up if he put two guys on. You just and then and then it came back to Benham the next right. game when they had to use you know Paxton wasn't sharp, so they took him out early, and you know they had to use their entire bullpen to get through the game, and they ended up using Jay Happ in the tenth inning. And if you had a well more well rested bullpen instead of using some guys the night before. You might be able to stretch out those guys a little longer in Game Two and possibly take a game with Verlander on the mound, going up two nothing in the series, winning both road games, which would have been a huge momentum shift. And you know, could have been you know, you steal a game from Verlander, and that's a huge thing for you. They're team. going to need to win at least one from Ver, out of the Verlander and Cole starts to win the series. Exactly. So, I just think. That's the reason why I thought they are going to blow it. I mean, fortunately for them, Twins' pitching was terrible. And their offense was also terrible. Um, you know, so they didn't really have anything to show there. But it, I think, you know, the the Boone's short leash. I think Boone's just so scared. I think the Yankees as a team are just so scared. You it's know, a- with their sign ceiling and and – you know, all that. I think they're just kind of scared of making the wrong choice and, and doing the wrong thing. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's that. Just, I don't think that they're scared of doing the wrong thing. I think it's that they have a book. They've created this book, the front office, and, and Cashman and Boone have sat down and said, these are how we're going to use our pictures. And it seems to me like they are afraid maybe to deviate from the book. When, situation, mm. I mean, when the circumstances say that they should do something else.
1: Yeah. It
0: was pull Tanaka after 70 pitches, was what the book said. And Aaron Boone did it, not realizing that there was no reason to do it. I mean, it mm-hmm. it made a little bit of sense if you were willing to then have Tanaka start on short rest in game four, but they weren't willing to do that. I mean, he is now, but not on short rest. No. it's uh. It was an... Inexcusable decision. Uh, and I think it, it... I don't know that it handed the Astros the series, but it might have. It might have swung it. It might have. Uh, I think so. I agree. Now, uh, looking at the Astros on paper, uh, you see a team that's just... It matches up. Hard to beat. Yeah, it's a nightmare <laughs> of a matchup for the Nats. Uh, they have, Their strength is our strength. They have every better... I mean, the rotation... You know, Granke, I mean I mean Cole versus Strasburg, you know, edge I guess. I, I give the edge to the to the Astros there. I mean, Cole's been lights out, you know, no matter how good Strasbourg has been, yeah. Cole has been better. Um, Scherzer versus Verlander, I say Wash there. Um, yeah, I, you might even I still probably give the edge to the to the Astros there on Verlander. Probably I mean the season that Verlander. Now that now that the ball is de and Verlander's one yeah. weakness is gone, I I mean um, and then Corbin versus Granke. I mean, regular season, Granky, But I mean, both pitchers have been bad in the postseason. Right. So I would say wash for that. one. The Nats one. have the advantage and the Nats in fourth have, starter. I, it's in the fourth, good for them. But it's it's gonna be and then their lineup. You know, Nats have a good lineup. The Astros have a much better lineup. Not only good. And so or not even not only much better, but it's got great left right balance. I mean, Carlos Correa hit seventh in that lineup. Yeah. Uh, if that's any indicator. It's you know, they've got Jordan Alvarez, they've got Michael Brantley up from the left side, they got Bregman Altuve, Correa, uh, Guriel from the right side, although Guriel has reverse splits, which is confusing. Uh mm-hmm. it and one thing I really worry about about the Astros especially against Strasbourg, which can neutralize him, is the fact that they do sign steel and, and Strasbourg's had a problem with that this season. Yeah. Uh they steal signs, and you know, and they're very good at stealing signs. So that's something that really worries me that they can get on Strasburg quickly. Uh, but I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough matchup against the Astros. But I will say this about the two teams is that you know, with a de-juiced ball, the Nationals aren't a team built around homers. The Astros are a bit more. You know, they have a lot more power guys in their lineup. And Altuve's still hitting homers. But, and they're still scoring runs to, to some extent. Uh, I mean, they haven't been scoring that many runs in the postseason it's been their pitching. So, the Nationals, you know, with a D-Juice baseball, it really does play in their favor. Uh, because, yeah, as I said, this is not a, this is a team that puts the ball in play a lot. This is a team with the lowest strikeout rate in the NL. Um, and it's very advantageous for the Nats that the ball be juice juiced uh, And I think that's a, a, a sneaky edge for the Nationals, and I heard this on, you know, I'm going to say my source, They were are talking about this today on the Baseball Tonight podcast. You were so, cheating on us with another podcast? I'm sorry. Wow. I don't listen to this podcast. Why would I? It's fair. I don't listen to any podcasts. (laughs) I know you don't. Uh, But just to close this out, because I think we're we're running a little long. The Nationals were four outs away from elimination on October. I mean, they were 19 and 31 on May 24th. They were four outs away from elimination on October 1st. In game five, they were six outs away facing a Hall of Fame pitcher. I mean, diminished stuff and all. He's still Clayton Kershaw. And now they are guaranteed to play the last game of the season. That's amazing. It's it's, special. It's special. And Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted, but more so enjoy it. I I know that, you know, I, I have a friend who's a big Nats fan who was texting me throughout the entirety of yesterday's game, And as it got closer, as it was 7-4, to he started getting nervous. He started panicking, saying, I wish it was the 7th. I wish this thing was already over. And I just... I know that feeling, but I didn't get it here. It's just... It's so important with these games, when you're playing with house money, when you've already accomplished something so special, to try and enjoy it as much as you can. Uh, I mean, not to disparage this person, but it was a three-run lead in a series that you were leading three to nothing. You shouldn't have been panicking anyway. But the point, the larger point, is to the best that you're able, and I know people have different constitutions and different ways that they consume sports, and Lord knows that I am a nervous watcher of baseball. Oh, Lord does know. Yes. Lord knows the many times that I've punched you in anger or frustration about Nats games, are proof. But, yes, seriously, the season's all gravy from this point. Try to enjoy it. Try to have some fun with it. Uh, go to the World Series if you can, or if you can afford it, or if you can find tickets. But, if you can't... Or mug someone who has tickets. What's that? Or mug someone who has tickets. Right, ask someone if they have tickets, then go up to them with your knife. If you have to. Exactly. But if you can't do that, be with other people who will enjoy it as much as you do. Hold your loved ones. Yeah. Hold your loved ones close. And just experience this enjoy to the it. fullest that you can. Yep. And we'll probably be back on Sunday with a full post-season pre- uh, World Series preview. Yep. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, see you later. See you later.